0: Okay, <clears throat> Lilla, welcome to What Are We Talking About? It's our, I don't know, Jim, what are maybe 12, 13?
1: Over 20. 20? I think so. I think we're close to that. Oh, yeah. wow.
0: I, I significantly underestimated. In any case, this one is going to be very interesting because, Lilla, as you know, our, our, our audience to date has been primarily North American and has sort of come, come across all sort of avenues of the water sector be it asset owners folks working for utilities we have vendors uh, we have folks working in agriculture but we haven't yet had someone that is focused on we'll call it industry associations specifically around a collection of vendors and more specifically those in europe so very excited to get to know you over the course of the podcast and of course ask you some questions about the sector overseas and I first got to know you through Sean at EPS Water. So shout out to Sean. Thank you for making the introduction and have been very impressed with your vision for the sector and your experience in the sector. And I'm excited to dig in. So thank you for joining.
2: Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Adam. And thank you, Jim, for inviting me to take part.
1: Yeah, Lila. So I got to know you a bit on LinkedIn, some of the postings you put on. So why don't we start with uh, you know, British Water? what Mm -hmm. what the mission is, what what your goals are, uh, so that Mm -hmm. the audience has a better understanding of what, what, what you're trying to accomplish.
2: Okay, so British Water is a trade association. It represents UK water and wastewater supply chain companies. So that includes academic institutions, suppliers, manufacturers. We have water companies in membership. We have contractors and we have consultants. So companies right across the water and wastewater sector. Those are the companies that we represent. And those are the companies that we help to grow their business, not only in the UK, but also overseas. And what we do, what our mission is, is to help to promote best practice in the water and wastewater industry. And we do that through promoting best practice. We bring people together. We've have, we have at the moment six focus groups, very proactive focus groups, on particular and specific areas of interest, whether it be data and analytics, micropollutants, wastewater treatment plants. And they identify and look at challenges and areas which can be addressed and areas where best practice can be promoted in the industry. We also help companies to grow their business in the UK. So we have great relationships with the water companies in the UK, water and wastewater companies. And we also help companies to grow their business overseas.
0: If I am a supplier of an equipment or service into the industry, either in the UK or abroad, and I'm interested in and getting that service or product more into the market. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm sitting with you and you're saying, hey, I really think you should be a part of this industry association. What's the story that you're telling to those folks to get them excited about your mission and what you do at British Water?
2: So what we do is British Water, we're a connector and we are a facilitator. And I always say that we provide a variety of touch points because you guys know what it's like. You know, you meet somebody the first time, you have a really good chat. There's a potential for opportunity to do business. But then you go away and you get back to your day job, and then that kind of gets in the way. And then if you email that contact, that email kind of goes into a maybe a black hole of another two hundred or emails of people that they've met. But then if you then meet them again over a coffee or a Zoom or Teams, then you kind of start to build that relationship and you build that trust. And that's what we do at British Water. We create avenues and ways for people to build trust and to get to know each other, to actually understand each other's products and solutions and what their challenges are, what their statements of needs are, so they can then potentially work together. Uh, So then you would be able to secure business and then the water company or the buyer would think, right, this is an absolutely great solution or product, which helps to meet my needs for my local community.
1: So when we first started talking to you, Lilla, we we found that you had a number of tools that you used. And I think the audience would really like uh, to understand some of the tools. I mean, it was a list of things you were doing that was very uh, impressive and very innovative. Can you share some of those things with the the audience?
2: Okay, well, thank you that you felt that they were innovative. Um, So one of the things that we do, I mean, actually, I was on a call this morning and it's, it's still going on right now is that we've got a conference at the moment a 2021 Saudi conference so what does the future of water look like for Saudi Arabia so that conference is going on at the moment it's got some Saudi um, buyers on the call and people from a different sort of government bodies on the call and they're um, basically sharing their knowledge of the Saudi market and what projects they're planning for the future and how water companies in the UK that supply chain companies how supply chain companies in the UK can work with them We also take companies overseas on business development visits when we can, obviously COVID permitting. But if we we can't travel, then we'll do it virtually via Zoom or Teams. And then we also organize meetings in the UK, again via Zoom now. Um, So we organize meetings with the water companies, and that gives the water companies in the UK an opportunity to update the sector and the industry on what they're doing, what their priorities are, what their challenges are. And what specific solutions they're looking for, and in particular, how companies who are innovative can work with them, and those calls are really, really helpful, because it's via Zoom now. anybody around the UK can join them. It's an hour, and 15 minute or hour and 45 minute briefing, and then the companies can just go on and get on with their day jobs. So those are, are just you... some of the things that we do.
0: The, this is great I, I, I... I am not aware of any industry associations that would take the vendors overseas on trips and make those types of introductions. So even that in and of itself is quite remarkable. I'm interested to know, as you help these suppliers tell their story to a UK water utility or a Saudi buyer, Mm -hmm. how do you help them think through the story that they're telling and make it more captivating for that particular audience?
2: I think the first thing is for that particular person who's going to be pitching or presenting to actually understand what the needs are, what the local requirements are, and then they then have to kind of look at that and think, well, does my particular solution or technology meet that need, and and how does it? So if it's something that reduces emissions, uh, carbon emissions, if it's something that helps to improve efficiency um, or cut overall costs or is a benefit to the environment, they have to be very specific and focused in terms of how they think that solution meets that need. And then what we say to people is don't waste time on saying, oh, my company, this is my company. We've been around since 1962, blah, blah, blah. You can leave out all that spill and just get straight to the point. Hi, my name is Barry, I'm from X, and this is what we do. And this is what we can deliver. And this is the difference. And if it's been trialed, this is where and how it's been trialed. And this is the impact that it's had. And we're interested in your particular partnership or your market or your company. And we'd love to work with you. And that's the sort of thing that we see our uh, our members doing, and, and other companies
1: that we're working with. Yeah, and you know, one of the things that uh, Adam and I always talk about is content, right? So, are you helping those companies with this story? Are you putting together uh, articles, uh, uh, brochures? What, what what kind of uh, of, uh, of, uh, of of content are you really working with these uh, clients of yours that belong to uh, British Water?
2: That's a really, really good question, actually, Jim. I mean, we, we do produce brochures when we travel overseas, or we do produce um, virtual brochures now. Um, so again, we sort of say to companies, we have got 100 words, and then if we read those words, I and mean, they're not specific enough, we will go back to the companies. Um, we are actually in the process of recruiting and marketing exec, and, and that person is going to help sort of take companies a bit more specifically through that journey, to make sure that they're marketing themselves more appropriately so it's not just a marketing except for British Water but also a marketing except to help our members promote themselves more effectively we do have a members news section now on our new new website that we've just launched and um, and then that marketing exec will be working on that to push out those messages not only on social media also on our website and through different channels and portals because it's it's about repetition I, I sort of think think that you kind of have to be repeating the same key messages in different ways on different platforms in order for people to sort of bite or be interested or understand what it is that you've got to offer so those are those are the one of the things that we're implementing within our own organization but also helping our members to understand and implement
0: this this i imagine that you've probably seen thousands of suppliers in the water industry over the years is that is that
2: maybe Probably not thousands maybe hundreds okay all right right, well, thousand well, over my career maybe okay all right
0: so we'll we'll keep it somewhere between a hundred and <laughs> a thousand <laughs> and you've seen so many of them come to the table and sort of pawn their wares or pitch their wares to a variety of stakeholders are there any in particular that stand out either from a they did a really good job or maybe they made a big time mistake and they should have done something differently something that you can speak to in either one of those
2: yeah, I mean, I'll identify a, a couple of names sh- shortly, but I mean, I mean, uh, I think the companies that do really well are those that have stamina and uh, and actually understand what it takes to export. So they won't just think, well, I'm going to get on a plane and go to Russia or Saudi or wherever, and I'm going to come back with an order. If, if you have the stamina to go overseas, to build that relationship, to build that trust, it's just like building a friend, a normal friend in everyday life. If you see it like that, and then you have to have the budget that supports that, to understand and know that you've got to give it a good two to three years, maybe even more, depending on what the market is, then you can be successful. I mean, one of our members, um, Partec Instruments, bought by a company called Insitu, they've done particularly well and are doing really, really well in China. And um, so they've, they've done very well, but we've got loads of members and consultants and like Arabs and MOTS and Atkins who've done very, very well globally. And they're very good at telling their story, presenting case studies, showcasing what they've done in one particular market, and how that solution can translate to the other. So those are just a couple of examples. But really, I think it's the companies that have uh, realistic expectations and have the stamina to keep going and have the board behind them backing them to say, okay, keep going, keep going. And then hopefully then it will bear fruit.
1: Yeah, Lily, we know you have a lot of experience in international trade, right? Not just in the water industry, but in other areas as well. Is there any other trade organizations, let's say in the water space that you have taken some ideas from and kind of run with?
2: Yeah, I mean, um, one of the things I love about when you go to an international exhibition is I always go up to the country pavilions. So the Dutch pavilion or the American pavilion or the French pavilion, we used to work very closely together. So I always go up and sort of look at their stands and have a chat and speak to them about how they've organized it, what they're doing. So I'm always nicking ideas um, or taking ideas and sharing ideas because it's, you know, we all like to do that all the time. So yeah, I'm I'm always sort of looking at what they're doing and especially in terms of facilitating meetings whilst at an exhibition to help companies to connect, to help um, them to meet each other. And not only after, you know, sort of leaving the exhibition but how to build on that relationship and keep that relationship going. Um, Because I did find on some of my international trips you know, you get back, you send an email and they just wouldn't respond. But that's because culturally that particular place, they weren't really responsive to emails. Although I do feel that with COVID that has definitely changed. So quite a few countries put in the past that might not have been that responsive to emails and Teams and Zoom is is now much more responsive because of the impact of COVID on businesses and how people work.
0: Are there any any lessons around that digital storytelling? So be it emails webinars teams meetings zoom conferences that that vendors of equipment or services should be taking note of especially in covid times
2: do you mean particular platforms you mean or particular
0: particular platforms or anything that you've seen that's worked really well you know you mentioned the example of email maybe not working for certain cultures but maybe there's another venue that does work well any anything that we should take yeah
2: i mean i think one of the, the things that people tend to use a lot is linkedin So I think sort of using that to share your story, and I think, you know, sort of picking up on sort of the hot topics. um, There's a lot around at the moment with regards to leakage in the UK or stormwater overflows or efficiency or customer satisfaction, um, environmental issues. So I think if you've got a solution or technology that fits around those sorts of themes, net zero, then I think if you can share your, your company's story And then keep retelling that story with short video clips or um, commenting on following people um, and um, supporting what other people are doing in the sector. And I think those are good things that companies can do. It only helps to raise your profile, but it helps people to understand that, you know, what the key issues are. And, you know, you're willing to share your expertise and experience in those areas.
1: One of the things that we talked about, uh, Lilla, was your use of the embassies, the British embassies mm. around the world. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I don't think people, I don't think that most people use that to, as a tool to grow their businesses.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the, the British embassies or high commissions are there overseas. And many of them have um, trade commissioners or they have um, people in post who will help companies to develop their business in the, in the local market. So, I mean, it, it's a resource that's there. So often when I've done business development visits, like my first quarter call has been the British Embassy or the High Commission. And then, you know, if, it's a, if you're in a sector that is of interest to that particular High Commission or Embassy, then they will probably have some local contacts that they're happy to share with you. Now, things have kind of been changing over the years where now they sometimes charge for that service <laughs> or the person in that market might not be experienced or there might not be somebody who deals in your particular sector. But you can, it's always worthwhile just asking because you can find out the answer no, or you can sort of find out that maybe they don't have that much experience of that particular market, but it's a place to, definitely to use. And I'm sure, you know, same with the US, you know, if a company was gonna to come to the UK, hopefully they could contact the US embassy here and there'd be a trade council that they could speak to who could help and support them with their business. So I would definitely say it's a, it's a good place to, to try and also the local trade associations as well, because similar to British Water, there'll be trade associations in overseas markets as well that they can also target and communicate with.
0: How does, how does a vendor go about finding these? Let's say I wanted to enter Saudi as an example. Mm-hmm. How would you recommend mm-hmm. I start?
2: Okay, well, I would suggest that you start with the Water Council in Milwaukee. So there's mm. an organization called the Water Council in Moraw. We, we have signed a memorandum of understanding with them. Uh, they're a great organization to work with. In fact, they organise a, a trade visit to um, WEFTEC, which I think was in Chicago this year, I think. Or was it New Orleans? I don't remember which one. Chicago, But, yeah. they, but they, they've taken UK companies um, and other companies over to um, the US to explore partnerships. So I would suggest contacting people like them, or people can approach British Water and then we can help to signpost them to the appropriate organisation to speak to. Um, because I think, you know, you can obviously do a certain amount of desk research and, and talking and networking, but then I think there's, there's so many different organisations that people can tap into to help. And British embassies, uh, the, um, the Water Council in Milwaukee and other sort of water, similar water clusters around the world are good places to start. And not, you know, not just in the water sector, that, but there'll be similar clusters in different sectors all over the
1: world that people can tap into. Lila, well, tell us a little bit about more about the virtual briefings. I mean, that, that was mm. very much of interest to us and, and how you go about putting those together and, and, and getting an audience. I mean, that, that's the key thing. It's one thing to put something together, but you got to get people to show up, right? So tell us a little yeah. bit about that.
2: Yeah, so we started um, what we called was um, Better Together Briefings at, at the start of COVID. And, um, and that was really because I kind of got up um, when we all started working from home and thinking, well, how are we going to find out if our members are okay? And, um, and how do members find out what's happening across the, the water sector in the UK and, and which projects are being delayed and, and which, which sites have been closed? So um, I started up a, a, a weekly at that time briefing for our members and they would uh, call Better Together calls. And we'd have water company CEOs during those calls And they were, and up to three other speakers, so four speakers per call every single week. And they really, really were very, very popular, really, really helpful because it enabled the supply chain to connect with each other, sort of just check in and say, okay, are you experiencing the same thing that I'm experiencing? Plus it kept them up to date as to what was happening and how the water companies were responding to COVID. So they were weekly and then they went to monthly and um, and now they're now being rebranded as insight briefings and they still take place every month maybe not with four speakers per month, but all the recordings are available on the, on, the, on the British Water website for the members. So they've been really well received as we've kind of gone back to sort of more face-to-face meetings and events. We don't get as many people participating, but that's absolutely fine because it's a library of information that people can tap into. But I think it's just sort of providing, as I said, those sort of touch points. People can sort of check in, find out what's going on in the industry and just sort of identify potential opportunities to grow their business.
0: Lilla, this has been so informative. We have one final question for you. And as sort of the master connector in the water industry, I'm very interested to get your your answer to this. So Jim and I have an airplane and behind that airplane, there's a banner and you basically have a tweets worth or a, a sentence or two worth of characters. And you get to fly that plane in front of every single water professionals home around the world. What do you want that banner to say?
2: make space to connect. I think that's what I'd say, because I think the key thing is people want to collaborate, people want to connect, but many people don't create that space for it. And I think that's one of the key challenges right now is that we're not creating enough space to reflect, to think. And I think because of the uh, the COVID impact and we can now do meetings on Zoom and Teams, we're now getting into a a very unhealthy culture of just back-to-back meetings and demanding that of people. And it's really gonna backfire. I think it's really, really unhealthy. We kind of have to sort of think to ourselves, okay, let's virtually pretend like I had to travel to this meeting like I used to. Let me put in a half an hour before the meeting or a half an hour after, and just be strict and say, I'm really sorry, I can't put another meeting into my diary today because I I literally haven't got any slots. And I think we have to give each other space to have that time to think, to, to, to reflect, and then we'll be able to really effectively connect and build trust and really strong relationships.
1: That's great, Lila. So it, this has been really informative. Uh, I know our audience is going to get a lot of value out of this uh, podcast. So thanks so much for uh, being our guest.
2: No, thank you. And I've really enjoyed it. Thank you.